WeAreIndyNation.com is where you can go to get all your latest Notre Dame news, notes, and highlights on the season. Touchdown, Notre Dame! Featuring the new We Are ND Nation podcast hosted by me, Evan J. Thomas, and special guests throughout the season. No one comes into our house and pushes us around. Make sure you check out the Tailgaters show, the travels of Rudy the Golden Gnome, and more. Follow We Are ND Nation on the socials, wearendynation.com. Welcome to the We Are ND Nation podcast. Evan J. Thomas here, and with me is the one and only former Notre Dame quarterback, Malik Zaire. What's up, my man? Happy uh, today's Wednesday, October 13th, I think. Yeah, it is. Halfway through October already. Holy shit. You know, when the good times are rolling and you win in games, it seems like time flies. Yeah, and speaking of the win, Notre Dame comes off of their loss to uh, Cincinnati, and they beat, uh, who did they beat? Virginia Tech. I wasn't able to see the game because of the ACC network, which I don't have. Uh, you were able to see some of it. But Notre Dame won 32-29 to on a last-second field goal by Jonathan Doerr after having to come back, and they were playing in a – Really rough area and stadium and atmosphere in Blacksburg. So that was pretty uh, cool. But the fact that Cohen came back, started, left, came back, won the game. Holy shit. What are your first thoughts of uh, what you, you saw? Since you saw it and I didn't. Well, you know, I, I thought it was good to see us this year, uh, more so than years in the past, us really be able to look comfortable and trying to find ways to win the football game. And none of our wins have been super pretty, like most fans and, and most people expect of us. But what we can say is that there's a lot of respect that's given to our team for being able to find ways to get it done. And even though it's been, you know, against some unranked teams and then against some ranked teams, I think it's cool to see that, you know, we're consistent enough that if the game gets on the line, we've been able to prove that we can find a way to come out on top. And uh, we both said last week we were expecting Jack Cohen to start. He did. Um, so that was a plus, obviously, because him being a senior and being in, you know, rough atmosphere, I didn't think given either um, Buckner or even – Pie in a start would even be smart, but starting with Cohen at quarterback was actually the way to go. And he and Brian Kelly did. He went with him. Yeah, I think I, I think I mentioned it in a couple of podcasts previous that I thought the best way to do if you're going to go a two quarterback system like that was how Purdue did us. Mm-hmm. They let the young guy go in there, rock out as long as he can, make plays, and he might have been the better player of the two, but when it got close down to the end of it and the game had to go into some experienced guys' hands, they put the veteran guy, the fifth-year guy that the Purdue has, and he went in there and he was slinging it and almost was, what, 80-something percent completion, had some good opportunities for – 9-12, 9-12 on the game, man. So, and, so and the numbers. Threw, yeah, the pick that he threw went through the guy's hands. It just was unfortunate, but it was on the money. So and, – and it just proves that when – you know, I got to see Jack get back in there. He looked like he's been there before, and he handled it as such. He didn't look 
frantic or like, you know, this was the first time in a, cl- a close situation. And he went in there and made some plays, even some plays I don't think he intended, but it worked out because he gave his guys a chance. And that's what you want to see. You want to see a team being able to finish strong, like Coach Kelly always says, and and having a guy with a fifth-year experience like Jack, uh, it's a little easier to uh, have that team feel confident going into those last couple drops. And and not only just being confident, but confident coming back down, what were they, down 10 points at one point? Mm-hmm. In, in you know, enemy territory, basically the whole game, down the whole game. And then Cohen makes some throws out of his ass that were just amazing, especially that two-point conversion that basically looked like Montana to Clark. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't intended for him. He just kind of he threw it, and then he just came into the camera. Came like, out of nowhere. Boop! Right out, of the, right out of the picture, and it came right in and t- took it down. But that was a game tire right there. And the poise and the moxie, as a buddy of mine always says, that, um, well, usually that Pine has, but this time it was Cohen. He actually stood in there to, you know, make complete that pass. So it was perfect. And you got to commend our defense each and every year. It's underrated the ability for them to keep us in the game with our struggles and trying to figure out how to score points on offense. So from Florida State to Toledo to Purdue to even last week, you saw us, you know, be down, but we weren't down and out. Even in the Cincinnati game, it was always within reach uh, until the very end. And so for us, I think the defense deserves a lot of credit because they're continuing to get better each week. And then we're continuing to figure it out each week. So, you know, if our defense was porous, a lot of these games would be a lot uglier than what they're turning out to be. And moving to Buckner and the uh, drives that he had. So he was 6 of 14 for 113 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, two badly thrown interceptions too. But he also hit some really good passes. And finally, Tommy gave him the opportunity to actually go downfield rather than just try to scamper every time he had the ball. So that was, to me, a plus on getting him that uh, feel to go downfield rather than just, you know, dump, 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 run. Yeah, it's just interesting. I think they took a good step in being more tuned in to his skill set and what they were calling. However, it's just interesting to see you know, a quarterback that you recruit, that you put such a harness on, and it, it looks like it's, it's not a smooth transition. Like, you know, <laughs> for Tyler Buckner to get, have an ankle injury that took him out of the game for Jack to come back in mm-hmm. and to have a hamstring injury that kept him out for like two to three weeks. I mean, that shows that he's playing really hard, you know, and harder than I feel like you should as a quarterback in that aspect. If you have two lower body injuries, like seriously. <laughs> so, you know, that's the type of athlete he is. I think he's a good and talented player. Uh, right now, it just doesn't look as smooth as what you would probably assume. Or as a comparison, would be like Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. He got in there down 21 <laughs> and looked like he, it looked like he was – you know, Tom Brady back there. I mean, the man was poised, had some great plays, and they put up 50 points. So, you know, that's just a comparison in terms of one looking kind of just like he's been there forever. And Tyler, like you said, is scampering around, running for his life sometime, making a big play here and there. He's got a lot of talent, and it's just focusing on what he's good at. And I compare a lot to how to play style of calling for myself. You know, I could throw the ball. Uh, pretty deep, but I could also run, and we could run as a team. So 
gave us a lot of opportunities to hit downfield things as well as run the ball and then the intermediate stuff, which is where he had most of his struggle, is going to develop because right now teams are knowing he's going to just go in there and run the football, so they're going to play a lot closer to the line and they're going to play a lot more aggressive. So you have to essentially threaten them deep to soften them up. You can hit them with the run and then the intermediate can develop. But if you're trying to go ground up and run, 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 and short, 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 and then throw it deep, that's just not where he's at right now. And he's way, if you look at his high school film, it's nothing with him running around and throwing it deep. That's what you recruit. So now you can't sit there and put him in a position to throw a bunch of slants and make a bunch of reads. That's just not, you know, at this point. This point, not a skill set. If you're going to be throwing him, if you're going to be throwing him in there, you know what I mean? Now, if you started the season, like we talked about previous, if he just started the first game and up into this game, then at this point, if he did it that way, then I would expect him to be able to do more of what you're seeing from a Jack Cohen or a Drew Pine. And speaking of uh, Drew Pine, he was actually uh, – he didn't play. Were you kind of shocked to see him not even get a rep in in Saturday's game? Well, I think less is more. I don't think anybody expected him to play anyway until he got a chance to play. So mm-hmm. That's true. I think, you know, he was a 1C guy. So, you know, it's obviously that's what happens when you open the Pandora box of – getting guys in there that and, and they have success because it's, it's only one guy that can play. So having him available to know that he can kind of back up his way through the game and kind of not completely lose it for us. I mean, that's just the confidence that the fans have. And in any tight situation, you're just looking for answers. So in that, if, if in that moment he was able to answer it, they would love him like he should be starting. And if he didn't get in, it's no problem, you know, because we got literally two other guys that you put in the game. So we're, clearly we're not afraid to play anybody back there. And going back to Buckner and Cohen, obviously they didn't have their number one actual target. So tight end Michael Mayer was out, did not play. Uh, obviously he was uh, nursing that was it, uh, was it a thigh or ankle injury? What did he ha- end up having? I don't remember. No, what did uh, Mayor have? Oh, I think it. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but I thought it was an ankle. Is what I heard. So something I it was like lower that. body or something. Yeah, something lower body. So they were without him. So you had Kevin Austin, who had three catches, seventy yards. You had Avery Davis, three catches, sixty-four yards, one touchdown. So they were your your main guys. And also, Kyron Williams came up big on the uh, receiving end, five catches, twenty-six yards, a touchdown. And he came back, finally had a good running game, too. 19 carries, 74 yards. So it looks like the offensive line kind of bounced back against his Virginia Tech uh, defense. Yeah, I mean, for us to have the numbers like that just shows we can have a lot of talent. Number one, we can spread the ball around real nice. But you think talking about two quarterbacks that are diametrically opposite in their skill set. So (laughs) it's kind of hard to really – know how far you can reach potentially with with guys on two different levels. So it's good to see that those guys like Avery Davis and um, Kyron and Kevin Austin are able to find ways to make plays. But when you got two way different style of quarterbacks, you're calling two way different style of plays. And some guys are better at one style than the other. I think I think Kyron and Michael Mayer personally do better with Cohen in there because Cohen's not going to 
add the dynamic of running around. So he's looking to give it to those two players. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to Tyler Buckner, when we put him in there, it's like, man, you got to go do something. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like, I, like you said, I think a week ago, like you it's know. like backyard street ball. It's kind of like you're running, kind of rolling out to the left. You're trying to wait for somebody to open up, and then somebody cuts across or darts a little deeper, and boom, you hit him on the stride or whatever you can do. Yeah, and that's and for Michael Mayer, he's looking to run routes and, and looking to hit, get the ball outside of his break. Mm-hmm. Tyler Buckner, he's knowing that he's got to play it the down a lot longer and find space and run around. And so it's just a it, – obviously it's not a cohesive way – or a consistent way that you would want to run your offense against a team that's a really good defense. So, you know, that's what I'm saying in terms of finding ways of when we do that. Because I don't think that at, at a program like how Notre Dame is respected, it can be done the same. You know, <laughs> that's why they don't do it like that. You don't see Clemson in there taking DJ out all the time and playing DJ sometimes or not starting DJ. You know what I'm saying? So, um, even Ohio State and their early on struggle, CJ Stroud has made a huge turnaround and now he's doing very well. But, you know, it's just one of those things that I think Coach Kelly, that's just his thing, you know, his thing to be able to next man in every position. And you mentioned earlier in the uh, show that uh, the defense, basically, they, they've been keeping us in the games, even against Cincinnati. But this game, they especially did, obviously, because we got the win. But holding Braxton Burmeister, the quarterback, to 50% passing, 184 yards, we had an interception on him. And we shut down their running game, too. I mean, they had what maybe – crap, I don't have the stats in front of me. But they didn't have a lot of yards on the ground. And J.D. Bertrand, man, can you say any more about that guy this year? Because 10 tackles out of him once again, that guy's just balling. Yeah, I think it just shows the strength of – what our defense can look like and in those positions that can make the most out of our defense. J.D. Bertrand is in a great position to make plays when he's called upon, man. And I think that's what a dependable teammate is and the defense eats well off of that. So we have him back there with Kyle Hamilton and Cam Hart. I think that's a, that's going to be a very dynamic duo in the future. Mm-hmm. Obviously with 14 leaving, I think those guys will take a lot from this season and, and grow upon that. Yeah, Kyle's Kyle only has a few games left until he's uh, going pro. That's for yeah, he's, sure. He's not. Yeah, he's he's chilling. <laughs> he's not coming back. Um, so, one other thing I got to get into before uh, we go into name that former ND player. Now that uh, Alabama lost and they're five and one, Notre Dame's five and one. Alabama should probably fire Nick Saban, right? I mean, they did lose a game to an unranked team. And if you just watch what our uh, chat groups and different uh, Notre Dame chat, chat rooms say, when you lose a game to an unranked team, you got to get fired. So time to get let go of Saban. Well, you know, I think Saban, if he is fired, come to Notre Dame. You know, if Coach Kelly doesn't want to coach my team. I was, troll, I was trolling people the last couple of days, and, man, I was getting, do you not watch college football? And I was just like, hey, do you not read some of your own comments? That's what it be. Sometimes it's, it's, they have very hypocritical armchair quarterbacks out there. And it, and in my opinion, it just makes the game better. Gives something more to talk about, you know, good about. 
So yeah, Alabama losing to Texas A&M. Holy crap. Like I didn't I don't think anyone expected that one. So if you bet on that game, good for you. <laughs> good for you. It was they were a three and two team, you know, like I didn't I don't know any players except the receiver they have that are worth talking about compared yeah. to Alabama players, you know. And then Alabama Georgia, has NFL starters at basically every position. So George is the team to talk about though in the SEC. I think um, <laughs> George is the team to worry about. Let's feel like that. That will be a really good game when that comes on. All right. So we ready for name that former indie player. We're ready. So you have a three-win streak going on. Holy crap. You're over 500 for the whole time we've been doing this. So I got a good one for you coming up right now. You ready? Yep. All right. Former tight end. Played from 2004 to 2007. He played a total of 47 games. 100 receptions, 1,093 yards, 8 career touchdowns. You think you know a former Notre Dame player? All right. I think I got something. All right. So we're going to go to break. Make sure you stick around. We will come back. You are going to get back into and I'll reveal that former Notre Dame player. We'll talk about the upcoming game in two weeks against USC and our predictions for that game as well. Stick right here on the We Are Indy Nation podcast. Malik Zaire, Evan J. Thomas, right here. Here come the Irish. WeAreIndyNation.com is where you can go to get all your latest Notre Dame news, notes, and highlights on the season. Featuring the new We Are ND Nation podcast hosted by me, Evan J. Thomas, and special guests throughout the season. No one comes into our house and pushes us around. Make sure you check out the Tailgaters show, the travels of Rudy the Golden Gnome, and more. Follow We Are ND Nation on the socials, WeAreNDNation.com. We Are ND Nation! Go Irish! Back here on the We Are Indy Nation podcast, Evan J. Thomas, former Notre Dame signal caller, Malik Zaire. And we are going to reveal, name that former Notre Dame player. So I gave Malik the stats before the break, and I'm going to give it to him once again. So he, this man is a former Notre Dame tight end, played from 2004 to 2007, played 47 games, had a total of 100 receptions in his career, 1,093 yards and eight Touchdowns. You're on a three-game winning streak, Malik. Who do you have for this week's name that former ND player? I'm basing this off of the three years because they were that good, which means they were drafted in the NFL. Tight end you, as far back as I can remember, the first one I really knew about was Kyle Rudolph. Is that it? No, so if, if you because I even give you some of the past ones that you've given, I will never repeat one. And oh, you giving me Kyle? Okay, I did a Kyle Rudolph the second time we did this. So if I would have given you Seattle Seahawks second rounder, oh, uh, he was Brady Quinn's favorite uh, target no. at tight end. Uh, Come on. I messed up. All right, John Carlson. 
And the funny thing was, he was like a basketball player and a tennis player before he went yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. I was trying, I couldn't remember the last name because I was like, John, but John, what? <laughs> well, yeah. Unfortunately, you lost your winning streak. That's okay. You're back to 500. And I'm you're now Clemson, I think, for the year. So you're good. You know what's crazy is college football, we might actually have a chance to get in there and really win this thing. <laughs> We don't play Georgia. And, and we, we don't play, play Georgia. We don't play any ranked teams. So it's going to be hard to really get into the top seven, I would say. I mean, if we can. After that win, though, I think we'll run the table. I think we can run this table. If we go, so. 11, if we go 11 and 1, they're going to give it to us because we're going to make a lot of money on TV. Well, I think I actually said at the beginning of the year that we would do 11 wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say I'm looking at it right now. Eleven and one is what I picked, but the one loss I picked was this past week. I didn't pick the Cincinnati loss, so I have us winning all the rest of the games going forward. So we will have to see you gotta get how that shape. plays out. So I'm on pace. Like, think about it. Nobody's even leading the Heisman. That's yeah. Like, who is number one in the Heisman? I think Matt Corral's the closest thing, but. He played well in the Alabama loss. He didn't win, but he played well. I was going to say Rattler, but he hasn't been. He got benched. So. Yeah, yeah, he's not playing that well. And DJ, he got he's terrible. This this his team is terrible this year. I mean, I mean, unless somebody in Georgia pops out of nowhere. And Georgia's got a bunch of great players, but no standouts. Like because their quarterbacks is okay. You know, that's yeah. okay. That's crazy. There is no standout. And that's the first time in how many years? Oh, it's been a long time since that's happened. We knew from the beginning of the season that Trent Lawrence, Sean Watson, Justin Fields, maybe Lamar, Baker. Uh, I mean, you could just go on and on. Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel. I mean, clear, clear runaways. We've never had one that was like, well, I don't remember one. Even Devontae Smith was a clear cut. Last year. Oh, so, well, once he won, yeah, he was clear cut. Yeah, so it was like now I couldn't even name you five players in college football that would be up for it. No, but seriously, like I get I, I, I agree with you. Like Mac Jones, Devontae, and then you know, Justin Fields, and I mean you can name people Trevor Lawrence last Trevor year. Lawrence, so that's easy. Now it's like all the people that was preseason Heisman are like not even close anymore. Yeah. So you made somebody but somebody Wake Forest may get it this year. You never know. You, you never know. The kid from Cincinnati, Desmond Ridley. Yeah, Desmond Ridley can mess around and win it, you he know. Come out of nowhere, and that would be awesome. If Okay, I'll tell you what. If he wins that. It'd be great for college football. Not only would it be great for college football, but it would show us that we actually lost to, once again, the better player and better team. Obviously, we did. but If, if you can find a way to twist the loss to make it feel better. That's that's a good way to look at it, honestly. And for a a Cincinnati quarterback to win the Heisman, that's that'll say a lot. Yeah. That would be Ohio State would have competition and recruiting. That's for sure. That's that would be crazy. I mean it would change it would change everything. It definitely would conference would change. So you're you ready to talk about uh, – I mean, we could talk somewhat about USC. I mean, we got two weeks to talk about USC, which we usually do anyway. So this coming week we have a bye week, an off week. 
which obviously is needed because there's a bunch of injuries on the team. Obviously, you got Mayer, you got Buckner that could be that was er, bleh, nursing some injuries, so you can get them kind of back and ready to go for the second half. But USC three and three on the year. They're going to be playing at Notre Dame Stadium in two weeks. I mean, they're averaging 32 points a game. They're averaging 448 yards per game, allowing 27 yards or points per game. I mean, USC is not what we're used to. Actually, we kind of are used to this USC, but back in the day, USC. Yeah, USC is interesting to see how they can sustain a coaching staff that's, you know, something similar to what we have at Notre Dame, I think. Coach Kelly, that's another thing you have to at least commend him on is the fact that even though we have a lot of opinions of him, he's able to stay consistent on, you know, certain things like winning, beating the people we're supposed to beat, staying in the top five, top ten recruiting every year. Certain things he's been very consistent on as a head coach where USC has been on this roller coaster from jumping the head coach to head coach and, different things evolving in the program. Uh, it's just a lot of respect, you know, because it shows that it's really hard. Even at some of the most traditional and best programs, a lull is, can be a lull that's, that's real long. But Coach Kelly's been able to hold it together and 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 be able to make the rivalry not as uh, competitive because I feel like we've been doing pretty well during the Kelly era of beating our USC pretty consistently until we go to have to go to California. But mm-hmm. the thing I do like the most too is that, you know, USC has had some years where they've gotten us, you know, they've, they've Sam Darnold's year. Uh, he's had some uh, win against us when we, we was out there. Cody Kessler, you know, Cody Kessler got a win versus us when we went out there to USC. So um, this year, I, I think it'll be a very good matchup. Um, to see Jack go against, you know, Kevin was Slavic. Is how you say his last name? Slovic. Slovic. I think he's a pretty good player. So <coughs> it'll be a good game, but I do think that we're the more talented one going into it. And we're coming off a of bye week. So it'll be good to see how we look. Finally. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. But I also think uh, USC is going to be coming off a of bye week as well. They usually do the play Notre Dame. I'm trying to look up. Uh, the games for this coming week, and I don't see USC on here. So most likely they're going to be on a bye week as well. So we got two teams coming off a bye. I actually let – I kind of want to get into this game more next week. Are you cool with that? Yeah, for sure. Because I think it's a little too early to go into it. But I will just throw out some of uh, Slovis's stats. He's only 54%, almost 55% on the year. Uh, 1,519 total yards, nine touchdowns, but five interceptions. So, I mean, his stats are – pedestrian but his passing yardage is really good so you know they're averaging 318 yards passing per game but he's got the five interceptions so it's almost like you can kind of sit back and just wait for him to make a mistake on himself yeah i mean coach freeman and what he's able to put out there on defense they speed the quarterback up a lot you know we and We've given up some big plays, but we've also been able to make a lot of turnovers as well. So maybe this is a game, especially fresh Cam Hart, get his legs back under him and 14 roaming the field, get some more turnovers. 
So I'm looking at this coming weekend's games, and man, there is one that stands out that looks like it's going to be an epic uh, game. You have Georgia at home against Kentucky, number one versus number 11. That's one of those games to me that's like Georgia most likely will put it on them, but Kentucky's come out of nowhere, and they've played everybody well. Listen, nobody can do anything about Georgia's team. <laughs> you think Georgia's the one – you think they're just going to run the table and win it all? What they did to so-called out-of-nowhere Arkansas and what they did to so-called run-around Auburn is just – they're just overwhelming right now. <laughs> I'm looking – okay, so I'm looking at the games that Georgia played. They beat Clemson 10-3. to Mm-hmm. That was their only like big game. Now, now Georgia doesn't have a spectacular quarterback that's like going to Trevor Lawrence their way to make it look that easy, which is their biggest problem because they have a walk-on playing quarterback when JT's hurt. And how do you have a walk-on quarterback with a NFL football team? Yeah, that's <laughs> great. And then so I'm looking at the last five games of Georgia. They've given up a total of 30 points. So they have 56 to 7, 40 to 13, 62 to nothing, 37 to nothing, then 34 to 10. So, yeah, their defense, and I mean, they only gave up three points to Clemson. So the most they've given up is 13 to South Carolina. I mean, that defense is even obviously better than their offense. That offense is putting up numbers, man. Yeah, so that's the team that is on top right now. And as good as Kentucky is, they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another team to, I'm going to say to look out for, Iowa, man. They're number two playing Purdue this week. Both, I mean, Iowa's 6-0, and and they've been putting up numbers as well. Not like Georgia, but holy shit, they've been. Iowa's just to. Just they really haven't beaten anybody either, the way I'm looking at it right now, except for Penn State. Yeah, like Iowa is going to win the games they're supposed to win as well. They're a lot similar to Notre Dame and as to, you know, you're going to sleep on them, but you look at their numbers and their record, they're winning all the games they should be winning, and then it always comes down to one or two games that they, you know, just like us, it could be the whole season depends on it, and then we're just fortunate enough to be more of a a, a worldwide brand in a, in a team, so – you know, we're going to get the benefit of doubt where if they lose one of those big games and they're six and one, they'll drop eight spots. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's just kind of how they rock and roll, but they're going to be in the conversation every year. You know, they're going to get up until what? November. And then they'll start filtering out after that. And the uh, last game that I'm looking at here, you have Alabama who actually could lose Two games in a row for the first time, and I don't know how long. But they're going to be playing in Starksville, Mississippi, against Mississippi State. So that's another game that is a fringe game. I mean, I still say Alabama's going to win it, most likely blow them out. But the fact that you never know, Mississippi State might have it on them and just, you know, shock them like Texas A&M did. Yeah, with them losing Texas A&M so randomly, and then for the game to be a high-scoring game, we don't know what they're going to do next week. So it's hard to even say. I feel like they'll just outright win because they ain't even lose to a team that I can even point to. You know what I mean? It was just such a high loss. So it, 
it is, and it's just the way it happened too. Because Alabama doesn't get blown out. I don't think they've been blown out, and I don't know at least in that I've been watching with Saban. So the fact is, their losses are all like by a field goal or a wacky play at the end or something like that. So you know that they look like a real good team, but a real beatable team too. Like. Things that the team was uh, Texas A&M was getting on some of the routes, they were contested, but they were kind of open, you know, more open than what you would have seen in the past. And the fact that Alabama – Who was the quarterback there? I don't even know the quarterback. Where? At Texas A&M that pulled this off, so. I couldn't name them either. And that's what makes it the weirdest because you can name all the quarterbacks that beat Nick Saban during the height of Nick Saban. Well, he's still at the height during – the good days, and so, you know, this kid just – this is all one-off. It's a one-off thing. Yeah, and it was, a, again, a shocker. So are there any other games that you've seen this coming weekend that you're interested in seeing? Shoot, man. Um, I think just college football another week to see who's going to be leading the Heisman race, and I do want to see Caleb Williams come back and – uh now that he's going to he's going to play against Oklahoma State, and that's a tough place to play. So it'll be interesting to see after you put up a fifty point performance, how can you turn around when the team actually game plans for you? You know, it'd be interesting. So uh, see him play that, and then you know, like I said, I want to see who can pop out and be a Heisman contender. Like I said, I like Matt Corral a lot. I think Matt Corral hadn't had a bad game all year. And doing it in the SEC is as tough as it as it is, and I like what he's got. So I'm interested to see he's, if he can keep it up this week and then get back on Notre Dame football next week. And the other uh, top 25 matchup, you have Texas versus Oklahoma State, which was a game you were just kind of talking about. So that's there's only two that I see listed here in, as uh, ranked teams playing each other. That would, first one was Georgia Kentucky, and we both figure that Georgia is going to just smash the hell out of Kentucky. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. You know, I like Wondell Robinson out of Kentucky, number one. Great player. He reminds me a lot of Rondell Moore that went to Purdue as a playing for the Cardinals right now. He's a great player. I just, man, Georgia's play defense is just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just sick. So how's your team doing? We haven't talked about your uh... – high school team in the last few weeks. So actually leading the league in offensive uh numbers, which is great. We're leading the league in offensive numbers, but we're is that like interceptions as well or what type of numbers are we talking? Uh like <laughs> yards, you know, we got three people in the top five in the league in rushing and passing. Oh wow. Uh, our quarterback is leading the league in total yards. And uh it's 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 a lot of positive things on the stat sheet until you look in the win loss column. Now, fortunately, uh, we can still make it to the playoffs. We have a game that's really our make it or break your season on Thursday. And uh, we're excited. We feel like we'll come out with a win. And what is uh, Malik's high school team's record, if you don't mind me asking? No, we're two and five. Yeah, we're two and five. Two and five. Okay. So you're putting up the numbers. So you're basically the Chicago White Sox right now. You're putting up the numbers, but you're not winning anything. we're We're not winning like we should, but we are doing something good on the offensive side. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for these guys. They're really getting their highlight tapes together. So, you know, you're not looking at record when you're seeing a lot of good highlights when you're trying to get offers. So 
progress and growth. That is what we're always looking for from high school, college, and pro. Because once you get into college, man, it's a totally different game. Once you get into pro, obviously that's a totally different game. So, but as long as you progress from day one to, you know, end of the season and then the next season on, that is what matters. Like you said, you got to put that sizzle tape together, man. Put that two minute sizzle tape together so you can just show those highlights of tackles and run breaks and, you know, open plays and stuff like that. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm enjoying it. I think it's a good opportunity still. And uh, we got to eliminate our penalties. It's hard to do in high school, I guess. But, That's coaching. Uh, Remember that. That's all coaching. It is, but these no, kids it are different in high school. Like, good grief. <laughs> yeah, they are. That is true. Well, Malik, once again, thank you for joining me on this week's show. you have any last words for this week's uh, episode? Oh, man. Fight Niners, take a break for a week. we come back at it next week. Yeah, it'll be nice for me to actually take a break, too, even though I'm not. I'm, I'm still going to be doing I got a bunch of shit going on. But make sure you're following Malik all over his socials. You know where to find him. Just give it to us so we know. Hey, Overtime Malik on Instagram, everything else Malik's out here. Holla at you, boy. And uh, keep checking out his food photos, which he keeps posting every freaking day. And I'm feeling great almost two weeks after the heart attack. I'm already out and about. I was in Cleveland last week. At the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. went to the Christmas Story House. So I've been all yeah. over the place traveling. Yeah. And you can follow me all over the socials, Evan J. Thomas on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are ND Nation, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And we are ndnation.com. And follow the podcast all over YouTube is where we're at now. So uh, up until next week, we're going to do a mid-year uh, review is what it sounds like we're going to do. Cool. All right. Until then. You know what to say. See you out here. Go Irish, baby. Go Irish. Rock on. Here come the Irish. WeAreIndyNation.com is where you can go to get all your latest Notre Dame news, notes, and highlights on the season. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Featuring the new We Are Indy Nation podcast hosted by me, Evan J. Thomas, and special guests throughout the season. No one comes into our house and pushes us around. Make sure you check out the Tailgaters show, the travels of Rudy the Golden Gnome, and more. Follow We Are ND Nation on the socials, wearendynation.com. 